Hello, and welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Odell Public Library. I'm Emily Lenore. And I'm Katie Ryder. Hi, everyone. I'm Gillian Larson. On this episode of Between the Stacks, we'll be celebrating National Children's Book Week and showcasing the winners of the Rebecca Cottle Award, plus our segment Ask a Librarian. But first, some announcements. So first we want to address the guest host that we have. Where's Krista? She's at a wedding. She's at a wedding today. Yeah, she took off work today. Her sister is getting married. So congratulations to Krista's family. Yay, but here we have the lovely Katie Ryder with us. Hi, Katie. Hey. (laughs) Katie is our resident children's librarian. She handles our social media outreach. She handles a whole bunch of stuff at the library. Katie, what exactly is your job description? And and like, what, what are all your responsibilities? I've been at Odell for about eight years. And like most people who work here, I do a lot of different jobs and share a lot of different responsibilities. But my favorite thing to do is work with kids and help curate the children's collection and do programming and I also do the social media marketing and anything else that comes up (laughs) well thank you for filling in for Krista today we really appreciate it library cards for kids if you have any questions about this or would like to apply for a card please give us a call or email us Another announcement about Community Picks. We would love to hear about what you're reading, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Fill out the Google form to submit a book review, which is linked in the description of this episode. We'll post reviews on our bulletin board at Odell and may even feature a a review or two in a future Between the Stacks episode, with your permission, of course. We also have an announcement about kids and family. We have virtual story times going through the end of May, every Wednesday night from 7 to 7.30 with me, Miss Katie. Just hop onto Facebook Live at 7, and we'll do stories, rhymes, songs, and just have a good time. That's aimed at kids who are around preschool age, but kids younger and older might enjoy it too. Starting on May 3rd, you can come into the library without an appointment. Yay! Woo! That's exciting. This is exciting news, guys. It's a nice step forward. Yeah. COVID numbers are down in our area, so the library is moving to a more open state. The front doors will be unlocked, so come in during our open hours. Please continue to social distance, wear masks, and sanitize your hands. Odell Public Library has Nyabi Zoo and Putnam Museum passes available for checkout. Please note that you may need to call and reserve a time to visit per the organization's pandemic guidelines. The Loft is holding a sale in Odell's parking lot on Sunday, May 23rd from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Watch the Loft's Facebook page for more information. Now is our official Stack Attack. This is exciting. This has been how many weeks in the making? Hold on. We've been doing Stack Attack for far too long. It's true. Nine! We've been, okay, so we've been doing Stack Attack for nine whole weeks. We have effectively doubled March Madness. But that's because, okay because <laughs> usually it does not take nine weeks. Usually it's like it's you know four. In the month of March. Three. Reading is complicated, but thank you guys for sticking with us through Stack Attack and we finally, finally, finally have a winner for Stack Attack. So after voting, after pitting authors against authors, Emily, can you tell us who won Stack Attack? Our winner for the inaugural Odell Library Stack Attack Tournament is John Grisham with 66%. (laughs) 
with 66% of the vote over Janet Ivanovich, who received about 33% of the vote. So... How many, how many authors did we start out with? 64. 64. So out of the 64 authors that we went into the stacks and, and just like immersed ourselves with and we wrote down all of them that had so many, so many books in the shelves, you're telling me that John Grisham was the winner. Yes, that is correct. That's outstanding. And. Yes. So since John Grisham has won, I will attempt to reach out to him for an interview. Ooh. Because... He's just released a book about basketball. He was inspired to write this book because last year March Madness was canceled. And this year, John Grisham and his people, I guess, created a bracket of all his books and had people vote on it. So it's very fitting that he won. So he did his own stack attack for his own self. Yes. Huh. And I think the winning How many book- books did, has he written? He's, well, probably like a billion. I don't think as many as Patterson, but I think oh, he's no. up there. I've got, I've got the list in the back room. but I know that he has a pretty hefty amount on our shelves, at least. Yeah. I forget what seed he was. He wasn't real high. I think he might have been... This the movie. clever people at Doubleday Publishing have created a bracket where you can vote on your favorites among my novels. We begin with 32 titles and through five rounds, whittle it down to a winner. So he started off with half the bracket we did. So it took less time. But I think the book that won was... A Time to Kill, Mm. which is one of his most popular... As a fan of basketball and reading, are you a John Grisham fan? I've never read any of his books before. Are you going to read the new one that's coming out? Yes. What's that one called? It's like... Suli. Suli. Okay, cool. Well, congratulations to John Grisham. Thank you for... I'm not, I'm not thanking the author himself, I guess, but like, thanks for participating in Stack Attack. Hope to see you next year. Thanks for writing a book. Thanks for thanks for having a, a, enough books to be in our top 64 (laughs) well and thank you to everyone who voted and who stuck with us through stack attack i know it took a while but i thought it was fun yes (laughs) so we'd like to announce the theme for this year's summer reading club which is reading colors your world and i'm really excited about this theme because i think after the year we had last year our world could use a little color. We have lots of fun activities planned, lots of art projects, and we should have more information and registration coming out to you in just a week or two. Thank you, Katie. Katie, would you also like to tell us about Discovery Book Packs? I know that we've had announcements about it in the past, but since we have like the creator of the Discovery Book Packs I would love to talk about Discovery Book Packs. Go for it. passion project this year. We were granted some funds from the Illinois State Library for a Back to Books grant, and we received some funding from the Morrison Area Community Foundation. And with those funds, we were able to create 29 Discovery Book Packs. And what those are are themed backpacks full of five to seven books and an educational non-electronic toy Right now, my daughter has checked out the Bug Book Pack, 
and it comes with six books, nonfiction and fiction, on all different kinds of bugs and insects, as well as a bug habitat and a magnifying glass. And it's been really fun to see her out in the yard, lifting up rocks, trying to catch bugs and learn more about them. So we have topics from unicorns to colors, the alphabet, lots of pre-reading skills, literacy skills, and just some really fun topics. So those check out just like any other item for two weeks at a time. And they're just really yeah. awesome. I'm really pumped about they're them. They're so fun. We have a little display in front of the fireplace. So now that people can kind of just come on in whenever they would like to, I would encourage people to check out some discovery book packs because those are always really fun to watch kids pick one yes, out. And we put them in backpacks so kids could pick them out by themselves. They can put them on and carry them out the door. It's great if you're in a rush and you don't really have time to look through the stacks for your own books. You find a topic your kiddo is interested in, grab it, and you can be in and out in a minute. National Children's Book Week is May 3rd through the 9th. So Katie, do you want to talk a little bit about National Children's Book Week? I will talk about kids' books whenever I can. <laughs> it is honestly my favorite section of the library, and I always love seeing what new books come in. So the theme for this year's Children's Book Week is Reading is a Superpower. Ooh. And of course it is. One of the things that I always have trouble with is when a parent comes in and says, my t child doesn't like to read. And I think that's not quite true. I think they just haven't found the right thing to read. Mm -hmm. So reading is a skill that they will need for their entire lives and the sooner we can help them find the right materials so that they can enjoy it the better off they will be for a lifetime so i'm seeing a lot more books come in by written by and for people of color so i'm really excited to see more children's books in our library that are featuring brown and black children and typically i am not a fan of children's books written by celebrities I don't think that that's what they need to be doing because right. writing children's books is actually a lot more difficult it than is. I think people assume. And I think that's, that's really not where their time needs to be spent. But I will say that LeBron James came out with a children's book last year called I Promise, and it is beautiful. The illustrations are nicely done. Obviously, LeBron did not do those. <laughs> um, but he wrote the text, and... It's just an affirmation about how wonderful kids are, no matter what color, no matter what neighborhood they came from. It's just a really beautifully done book. It, so, looks, it looks really nice. I know, it's beautiful. We have that in our collection. We have quite a few. Just, I think, trying to reinforce the message that kids of any color of any background are equally important in mm -hmm. our world and can do good, brave, important things. So another piece of our collection that I've seen growing is our kids nonfiction and it's come so far in probably the last 10 years. I think a lot of people remember reading nonfiction as a kid and it was more like a textbook and kind of muddled their way through. You hoped it had a lot of illustrations to keep you going. Authors have come a long way in making nonfiction accessible and fun. One of the best series that I've seen come through is by Maxwell Eaton III, and it's called The Truth About Series. And so he's written The Truth About Butterflies, 
elephants, hawks, dolphins. So if you have a kiddo that's interested in animals, this series is fantastic. It reads like fiction, but there are so many facts tucked in and really cute little illustrations too. Let's see. Oh, Zonia's Rainforest is one that I just read last night by Juana Martinez Neal, and it talks about a girl growing up, I think in Ecuador, and the way that the rainforest has shaped how she grows up. And it's a beautifully illustrated story. She goes through her jungle and her environment all day long. She walks a little too far and sees kind of the consequences of deforestation and comes back to her mom and it's it's a really environmentally poignant story about what's happening to the world. It's gentle enough to read with kids, but it's a really poignant message about the things that are happening in our world and how that affects the planet. And then of course, probably the books that move the most in our section are just silly books. And my kids convinced me to check this one out again. It's called Butts Are Everywhere by Jonathan Stutzman and Heather Fox. Oh, and it man. is literally a book about all the different things that different people call butts. So they have learned a lot of new words. We've got cans and cheeks and derrieres. So it has been educational. Okay. Um, <laughs> They had some questions about terms that they had not heard before. It is all child appropriate. Good. It will make grown-ups probably roll your eyes a little bit, but I think the colorful illustrations are lovely. There are definitely some new words that your child may pick up, some good vocabulary like gluteus maximus. So I love if it. you have a reluctant reader or a reader in your house who just thinks potty humor is hilarious butts are everywhere might be for you well thank you for giving us some some book recommendations to celebrate national children's book week with anytime so talking about our easy section we have more than 6612 books i counted and some Sections within this section are our Agricultural Book Barn, which is probably one of my favorites. It's a barn-shaped bookshelf with lots of books about farmers and agriculture and where our food comes from and farm animals, and I really like that a lot. We also have a board book section for our toddlers. <laughs> and then we also have uh, holiday books for Valentine's Day, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Groundhog Day, St. Patrick's Day, wait, wait, wait. Hanukkah. Ramadan. I can't think of any other holidays. That's okay. We just got a Chinese lot of holidays New in the holiday Year. section. Oh, Wait. Chinese New Year? Yes. Yes. Lots cool. of holiday books. And those those go out all year. I think my favorite is the Halloween books that we have. But <laughs> like the other day, I think a Hanukkah book went out just because some kids wander over there and they, they pick out a, a Christmas book when it's It's a really June. appealing section. Yeah. And just because it, I saw a lot of Christmas books come back the other day too. <laughs> and again... I think letting your kids read whatever sparks their interest mm -hmm. is great. So if they would like to read Christmas books in May, fantastic. 
Christmas in July. Christmas in July. So, so since we're talking about the easy section, kind of spotlighting it for National Children's Book Week, we picked out some of our favorite kids' books. These are some of uh, my favorite that I've ever read or been read when I was a child. One of my favorites is called Blueberries for Sal. It's just a, a little book about a girl picking blueberries with her mom, but then she gets mixed up with a mother bear and cub duo oh it's so fun i want to get a tattoo of blueberries for sale somewhere in my body i love oh, it's so cute <laughs> i love that book so are, much are you going to have listeners guess where you're going to put that tattoo? yeah by next episode i want people to submit comments of like where should i get my blueberries for sale tattoo yeah that, that book is so good I, I apologize i don't have the authors for these because i never paid attention to authors as a child oh so another favorite of mine is called the tub people it's a story about a whole bunch of tub toys and they lose uh, one of their members of the group down the drain and so it follows the little tub boy out of the tub family yeah, it's so good the legend of rock paper scissors is a new one and that book was passed around like all of the staff members and we each read it because it was so funny so if you're looking for a recent book to read your kids i suggest that the legend of rock paper scissors one that i always loved as a kid was the monster at the end of this book starring lovable furry old grover that one doesn't need any explaining. I feel like that should be a part of everybody's favorite book list because it's so cute. And then finally, my mom used to read me Stella Luna a lot as a kid. It's a story about a bat. She's a little fruit bat and she loses her mother but then is raised with owls. So those are my favorites that we have on our shelves. And I know that, that they could use some love. So if you want to come in and check those out, go for it. I have too many favorite children's books but some of my favorite authors anything by mo willems he does the elephant and piggy series he does the pigeon books just a classic amazing author great for pre-readers readers great to do as partner reading he's just phenomenal and he's been doing some spin-off books with other authors that are in the style of elephant and piggy the great cookie fiasco and we are growing things like that my kids want to read over and over again from the news section I will say that one of my favorites is called snail crossing and it's about a snail who sees a cabbage across the road and tries very hard to get to it but calamity ensues some ants save the day and it's just it's hilarious and lovely and they have tea inside his shell and it's Aww. wonderful so I I could talk about kids' books all day. One that was a favorite when I was growing up was called Bony Legs. And it's about <laughs> a witch who lives in a hut that stands on chicken feet. Oh, the Baba Yaga? It's about it's a Baba Yaga story. Oh, okay. And my dad used to read it to us, and he always did a voice. The voice of Bony Legs was like a really scary witch voice, and we loved it. Aww. So. I, I have a couple copies today, but it hasn't been republished. I tried to buy a copy for Odell once, but it Aww. hasn't been published since probably the 80s. But again, I, I think part of the joy of reading is what you're reading, but probably also who you're reading it with. So it's really mm -hmm. one of my favorites just because I remember who I was reading it with. Okay. So my favorite children's books. So the first one I have here is called The Scrambled States of America. Oh, I love that book. And the, the states all get together and rearrange themselves. And chaos ensues. And it's a good book. I think 
that made its way back to the back room one time and i sat there and i read it and i laughed well because you and i were talking about something we were talking about states at some point and then you were like wait a minute and then you ran out to the stacks and grabbed this and then i read it and i thought it was amazing yeah so it's a good one and then a more recent and an easy nonfiction is Hedy Lamarr's Double Life, Hollywood legend and brilliant inventor. I think we mentioned her on the podcast once before. We did because I love Hedy Lamarr. So this is a book in the easy section about her. Very cool. She invented like a wireless system that would mm-hmm. precurse Wi-Fi as we know it today. So very important. Without her, we would not have the internet. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's a yeah, a radio hopping frequency that she came up with during World War II, but after yeah. like a traumatic event involving a submarine that she was like, if only the submarines had a radio system. And then my top children's book, Click Clack Moo, Cows the Type. You can go on Odell's Facebook or YouTube and watch me read this with my cows. And That's a typewriter. Right. It was pretty it's, amazing. It, it was a delight. So... It is, yes, my my overall top children's book by Doreen Cronin. We want to tell you a little bit about Rebecca Caudill Book Awards. The Rebecca Caudill Young Readers Book Award is an annual award given to the author of the book voted most outstanding by students in grades four through eight in participating Illinois schools. The award is named in honor of Rebecca Caudill, who lived and wrote in Urbana, Illinois for nearly 50 years. The award is given in recognition for her literary talent and the universal appeal of her books, which have touched the hearts of many children and young adults. Almost every year, Odell goes through the list and orders a selection, if not all of the Rebecca Caudill nominees, so that our young people can check those books out and vote if they would like. The purposes of the Rebecca Caudill Young Readers Book Award are to encourage children and young adults to read for personal satisfaction, to develop a statewide awareness of outstanding literature for children and young people, and to promote a desire for literacy, and to encourage cooperation among Illinois agencies providing educational and library service to young people. We pulled some of Rebecca Cottle books off of the shelf. We have like a, a short little short little section for them to highlight them for readers who come in. And uh, I picked out two of them. I picked out Resistance by Jennifer A. Nielsen. It is a book about a Jewish teenager living in Nazi-occupied Poland. And she joins a resistance cell that runs raids on the Nazi supplies. And overall, it looks like a very, very interesting book. I think the cover the cover says a lot. It's a girl standing in front of a tank, which I think is pretty cool looking. And uh, I'm interested in reading this. So if anybody would like to check it out after me, that's a, that's a promise. Come to the library and check it out. And then I have a book called New Kid by Jerry Craft. And uh, it's a graphic novel, actually. And I think it's super cute. The art is like super well done. And it's about a boy who is the new kid at an art school. You don't say. You don't say. Yeah. Middle school is hard enough without all the unspoken rules and expectations that come with being a new kid. Can Jordan learn to navigate his new school culture while keeping his neighborhood friends and staying true to himself? He turns out to be one of the few new kids of color in his entire grade. And he he lives in a Washington Heights apartment to an upscale Riverdale Academy Day School. 
So it's all about Jordan's transition transition from being an old kid to a new kid. <laughs> an old kid. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. So <laughs> the first book I had chosen is Becoming Kareem. Growing Up On and Off the Court by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. At one time, Lou Alcindor was just another kid from New York City with all the usual problems. He struggled with fitting in, with pleasing a strict father, and with overcoming shyness that made him feel socially awkward. With a talent for basketball and an unmatched team of supporters, Lou Alcindor was able to transform to become Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he's one of the all-time greats in the NBA, and we shared a basketball number. We were both 33, so it's very cool. And then my second book here is called The Parker Inheritance by Varian Johnson. And this book basically follows a girl named Candace. And she finds a letter in a box in an attic in a house in South Carolina. And it's waiting for Candace Miller. But Candace isn't sure she should open it because it's addressed to her grandmother, who left Lambert in a cloud of shame. But the letter describes a young African-American woman named Sibhan Washington, an injustice that happened decades ago, and a mystery enfolding the letter writer, and a fortune that awaits the person who solves the puzzle. Grandma tried and failed, but now Candace had another chance. So with the help of Brandon Jones, the quiet boy across the street, she begins to decipher the clues in the letter. The challenge will lead them deep into Lambert's history, full of ugly deeds, forgotten heroes, and one great love and deeper into their own families with their unspoken secrets. Can they find the fortune and fulfill the letter of promise before the answers slip into the past once again? And I really like books that kind of have a historical element to them, and so going on a treasure hunt with an old letter to find a fortune, that sounds really cool to me, so I think I'll be reading this book. Katie? <laughs> Drum roll, please. <gasps> That's the title of the book. That's the title of the book that I picked off the Rebecca Cotta list for 2021. It's by Lisa Jen Bigelow. Melissa Goodwin only joined the school band because her best friend Olivia begged her to. But to her surprise, Quiet Melly loves playing the drums. It's the only time in her life where she doesn't feel like a mouse. Now she and Olivia are about to spend the next two weeks at Camp Rockaway, jamming under the stars in the Michigan woods. But the day before they leave, Melly's parents share major news. They're getting divorced. Oh, Miles shoot. from home, Melly's life is thrown further out of sync when she meets her new bandmate, Adeline. With her sandpaper voice and a beat-up guitar, Adeline helps Melly feel confident when Melly feels anything but. And at night, when the girl's intent compared crushes, Melly finds she isn't thinking about boys. She's thinking about Adeline. To top it all off, Melly and Olivia seem to be growing apart, and Melly's not sure... She has what it takes to be a real rock and roll drummer. Will she be able to make music from all the noise in her heart? So this oh to my me goodness. is like, oh my gosh, it has so much drama, so many coming of age issues yeah. packed into one story. Wow. And then coincidentally, I just closed my eyes and chose two books. Another music story called The First Rule of Punk by Celia C. Perez. And this one, I liked the, the little write-up. There are no shortcuts to surviving your first day at a new school, so a little bit like New Kid. Hey! You can't fix it with duct tape like you would on your Chuck Taylors. On day one, 12-year-old 
Maria Luisa, if you want to annoy her, inadvertently upsets Posada Middle School's Queen Bee, violates the school's dress code with her punk rock look, and disappoints her college professor mom in the process. She's got <laughs> it all going for her. Her dad, who now lives a thousand miles away, says things will get better as long as she remembers the first rule of punk. Be yourself. The real Malou loves rock music, skateboarding, zines, and sorizo. Hold the cilantro, please. And when she assembles a group of like-minded misfits at school and starts a band, Malou finally begins to feel at home. She'll do anything to preserve this, which includes standing up to an anti-punk school administration to fight for her right to express herself. That sounds like... You picked out, like, two of the coolest books. I'm jealous. I know! Definitely, like, some coming-of-age, figuring-out-who-you-are stories. They're both recommended on the jacket for kids age 8 to 12. Nice. I want to read the the first book. What was it called? Drumroll, drum please. please. Oh, because I accidentally did a drumroll. That was embarrassing. <laughs> I want to read Drumroll, Please. That sounds really, really good. Lastly, Lastly. we have Ask a Librarian, Katie. Yeah. I'm dying to know. Do you think Odell is haunted? <laughs> I've never thought about that before. You have to answer this question. (laughs) And my answer is, I haven't really considered that before. Uh, You've never felt not so alone when you've been here by, air quotes, by yourself? Yes, because I'm never by myself often. I do hear noises around the library, but between the roof and... (laughs) Oh, the roof. (laughs) and, And our... 25 year old heating system and cooling system i just think it's it's a building that likes to grumble a little bit okay you've never felt the, the presence I've of a spirit i've not felt the presence okay all right just checking we need to ask every guest here do you feel like this place is haunted okay on on to our actual question oh, okay. how did you end up at odell yeah when did i mean you've said that you've been here for eight years how did you get like what was your What did you get a degree for in college? I got my undergrad at Bradley University in Peoria, and I had a double major in history and sociology. I have a minor in women's studies. My husband and I moved to Indiana, and I got a master's degree in liberal studies. But while I was in Indiana, I interned at the Paul Clark Nonprofit Resource Center, which was housed in the Allen County Public Library which is one of the coolest libraries I've ever been to. I met a lot of librarians there who became some of my dearest friends, and that's when I kind of saw how amazing librarianship could be. So it's nothing I ever studied on purpose. I've taken some master's classes on children's literature Mm. just because I was interested, but when we moved back to Morrison after I had my first child. I was looking for a job that was part-time and I came to the library. I'd had some experience with the libraries out in Indiana and I was really happy to start working here. I started out at like four, four to six hours a week just putting books on the shelf. But in the last eight years, we've done so many things with the library and taken so many steps forward. It's been really neat to see and work with so many people who trusted me to make some decisions with the children's area and do our play kitchen and discovery backpacks now and just shake so many things up and I'm grateful for my experiences in college and in Indiana where I got to see 
what some of the more cutting edge libraries in bigger cities were doing so I could bring some of that to Morrison. And I think with my background in sociology and history, I always had a hard time knowing what I wanted to do and what population I wanted to work with. And when you work at a library, especially a public library, you get to work with everyone. So mm -hmm. it was a good fit. Well, thank you for sharing that information with us. I think that's all really interesting. And I'm glad that your life experiences landed you here today. Me too. Being on a podcast with two young adults. Yes. <laughs> In the young adult section. In the young adult section at the library. I'm excited that you are both here. Well, thank you for also filling in for Krista. Thank you for filling in today for Krista. I hope she had fun at her sister's wedding. You have been a wonderful addition to our panel of hosts. So give a round of applause for Katie. Yay. If you have a question for Ask a Librarian, send us an email with a subject line between the stacks at ask.odell.library at gmail.com. That's it for this episode. Tune in on May 24th for the next episode. And until then... Happy reading! Between the Stacks is hosted by Gillian Larson, usually Krista Mapes, and Emily Lenore. This episode was written by Gillian Larson and Emily Lenore, with editing and audio production by Emily Lenore. Special thanks to our guest, Katie Ryder, the entire Odell Library staff, library board, and friends of Odell. Thanks to all of our wonderful patrons who support the library, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast.